Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Steven Taylor. How are you two doing? Doing okay. Pretty good, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, how's the weather in Penticton, Steve? Uh, it's, you know, I, I guess it's not as cold as you guys are dealing with here, uh, there, uh, but it's like, I'd say it's, be- it's between like 22 and 25 out here regularly. We're getting a little more rain than we usually do. Cause I mean, I live essentially kind of in a desert area. I mean, you were just out in this area, so you know what the weather is like out here. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, like I got there and I'm like. Huh? When did I go to the New Mexico or something? Like, yeah, just... it's like it's drier. Uh, but I mean, it's been muggier for us out here, and it's way more noticeable when it is muggy out here. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I mean, I, I think it's okay. The only thing is, uh, I mean, given that we're in, well, we're supposed to be in a pandemic that I guess everybody got bored of. <laughs> um, there are so many. We're a tourist trap. So I'm mm-hmm. seeing, like yesterday, go, going to Walmart. I saw a fucking Nevada plate in the in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. What? What the fuck? This month, like, if I saw something in the car, I'd be like, "Get the fuck back to America, you infected fool!" Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh I mean, uh, we can fish. Like, I know we probably have a lot of listeners in the states, and I'm sorry, but your president has made you guys into a kind of a shithole country now. Yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, speaking of, uh, going to places that you shouldn't go, Hell Hells LLC. Hotel Abaddon. As soon as you're, okay, as soon as you, your, your place is, your, the place you're going is called Abaddon, you should probably be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that just makes sense, so. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, this, uh, this is a movie that, uh, I had never seen before, but funny enough, like it shows up on shutter and all other places. And so it was like all my periphery, but it was, there's two sequels. Yeah. yeah. You don't, you don't need to watch those though. It's okay. Oh no. Okay. No, no, well, no, 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 no. There's a missing scene in, uh, in Hellhouse LLC that appears in the sequel though. There's a whole... I mean, because there's a whole sequel, uh, a scene where where um, Alex has to talk, what's his name, back in, into coming back to the house to help them. Yeah. The whole thing, but apparently that shows up in the sequel. So there, I would say in the sequel, if you've watched Hell House LLC and you like fan footage and you don't really care if a movie is really terrible and you just want to know what happens, watch it. There are some cool parts. From what I remember, I didn't rewatch the sequel for this episode, and I've, I haven't seen the third one. Um, but that's about it. Like, like it's it's when you think of a crappy found footage film, the sequels kind of fall under that. Unfortunately, okay. that's really unfortunate because I, I I mean I will say I was not enjoying this movie for the probably the first 25, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I mean, they were 
I, I mean, I mean uh, Paul the horn dog from behind the camera just wanted to see boobs and stuff. Like, I, I hated the character tropes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was really starting to, to push my buttons. But as soon as this, as soon as like the first real scares start to happen, I was like, no, okay, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. And I, I, I still. I still believe an hour and a half is a bit too long for a found footage movie, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but they managed to make the they managed to make it work. Besi- I mean, aside from the the dumbest characters in the movie, which would be the documentary filmmakers. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think um, for this film, it's it's saved by the scares, and I really liked like just the editing. I thought was really tight mm-hmm. in this movie. I thought mm-hmm. it, if if it had been edited sloppily, this movie would not have been good, in my no. opinion. I think it would have fall. I think it would have fell apart. Um, no. But because some, I was just I was impressed by a lot of the scares in this movie, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, and just the atmosphere, and I le- was legitimately terrified of it a lot of the time because this just hits all of my scare buttons, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that can kind of sum up the 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 why we chose this for this one because I I think this one was one of my choices, and it's like yeah, this yeah, was just it, on a list of things you wanted to see, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I had seen it earlier, um, so I have okay. seen this uh, movie before. Although it's very possible when I sent this list to Kurt, I hadn't seen it yet. Um, okay. Um, because it, it was kind of one of the things that was on my list, and kind of what you mentioned earlier, Steve, I had seen it pop up on streaming services before, but it, I even though found footage is one of my favorite horror genres, I still am very skeptical of a lot of found footage films when I see them yeah. pop up on streaming services, yeah. so yeah. I kind of put it off for a while watching it, but... Um, but then I did, and I was actually kind of impressed with it, even though it's still not a great movie. I think mm-hmm. it 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 kind of raises the bar a little bit from other found footage films. I d- definitely, I, and I, I I know it's on Shutter as well, but I ended up watching it on Amazon. Mm, yeah, that's where I watched it again too. Yeah, because that's where, where I saw it first. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll just watch it here. Also, probably the Amazon app is more reliable. Than well, and it'll <laughs> stop and exit. It'll save your spot and. And if you stop and exit out of Shutter, I hope somebody from Shutter is listening. It doesn't save your progress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, hey, can we get like every other streaming service will do that for you? Why Shutter just needs to tighten up their shit a bit more. I love their catalog. I love what they're doing. They yeah. just I feel like technically they need to tighten their shit more. There's just a little, a little too many screws loose on that one. And it's my issues with the whole service as a whole. And I know we're sponsored by them, so I'm I'm hoping that they hear that and kind of take it as more of a constructive criticism rather than me bitching about it. True. (laughs) Yeah, because that's the thing. Like I, you know, I like the idea of Shutter as like a service that primarily caters to a horror crowd. I think that's great. Like, there's very few services that could pull off something so specific like that and still Mm -hmm. have a wide appeal. And I think it's it's one of the few that can. But it's just unfortunate that the app itself is oftentimes very buggy like i noticed on some of my devices like i'll play it and it'll the the picture will stay the same but the audio will still play and it's just yep. it's <clears throat> this is a bunch of issues with it but you know what still still good if uh if anything it's just uh yeah maybe test it on the device that you're gonna watch it on primarily first just to make sure it doesn't uh yep. you know not work. the road it plays pretty smoothly on yeah and like I, I have 
oddly enough, my phone it plays pretty well on, but then it's also like the tiny screen to watch things on. So, uh, part of me is like, oh, do I want to watch this on my phone? But uh, sometimes it's worth it. But um, okay, uh, first time watching this. Uh, yeah, it was first time for me. Yeah, watched mm-hmm. on watched on Shutter, here. and uh, yeah, it was uh, great. Here's the thing. I my thing with this movie is I think it's a very solid movie, but there's very few times where it kind of became exceptional to me. Like there was very there was, mm-hmm. like I think it's like a uh, a horror found footage horror movie. Like it very much does what it needs to do, but it never at any point was like. Oh, this is something that Hell House LLC is doing that I've not not seen anywhere else. Yeah, I I think it tips its hat way too much. Yeah, it feels like every scene of dialogue is just a nod to something else, or just like planting the seeds of something else. And I I, I really think that it, it's far too obvious in so many different ways. The character of Alex is incredible. Is, is just. He's both the dumbest character and the one that's leading the whole thing. And it's like, I mean, especially in that scene where they're interviewing Melissa to be their sex slave and stuff. And then she brings up the the history of the house. It is so fucking awkward. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he drags an entire crew with zero knowledge, the the crew has no knowledge, is Mm -hmm. fucking ridiculous. And then all of a sudden they have problems with Alex later because he hasn't been fully disclosing everything and it's like well fuck man how long were you in process of making this happen mm-hmm. like it wasn't on a fucking whim that you were going to go spend a month in this house you agreed to this and yeah. prepared for this so yeah, yeah this movie yeah. definitely doesn't make you feel bad that any that most of the characters die <laughs> no. no no yeah no there's definitely not a lot of sympathy for those characters at all yeah, and like uh, I think I can't remember if you were talking about this about this before we started recording, Steve. But Paul, the character behind the camera for the first half of the movie, you're just waiting for him to die. Like you're yeah. done with him. You're like, nah, okay, you know what? I'm ready for you to be done now. Yeah, because he's just such an old world horn dog piece of shit character yeah. that feels even in 2009 feels incredibly dated. Yeah, like when this movie is supposed to take place, it's just like. Dude, you're a fucking, you're a fucking, you're a Chad trope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, dude, piss bro. off, you know. Bro. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's dude, bro, party massacre. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then he's also, if he had survived this movie, he would have been commenting on people's Facebooks, calling them a snowflake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For, that, that, dude's a, that dude's a bro flake. And I use, you know what, I'm using that word loosely because I got in a fucking Facebook fight the last two weeks ago over the word bro flake. It was fucking nuts. It was like, hilarious. I, I can, holy shit, I almost canceled everything, man. I was reading through that thread and I was just like, this just keeps getting better and better. Like, this is just fantastic. It's not personal. Like, I, I, I know this is a weird place to, to put this conversation, but fucking shit got personal man like like, i don't know some dude just had an axe to grind with me for over a decade i guess (laughs) so it got he was biding his time he's like one of these days steve's gonna post something and i'm gonna call him a fucking snowflake because you know what not feel like that and then anybody that came out to defend me he would attack them yeah and like like that's what this paul dude essentially is is just a fucking (laughs) weirdo incel with a fucking axe to grind and, but I will say, 
Oh man, like I'm gonna, and I'll call it his death scene. That scene is actually the scariest thing in this movie for me. Mm-hmm. Where where he kind of wakes up, turns on the camera, and that girl's sitting against the wall. Mm-hmm. That got me. I yeah, that chair. I think that, and then the scenes where I like um, that they have the mannequin heads turning off camera. So when the next time the camera pans over, it's yeah. like the head is already turned. I thought those scares were really good. Anything with the the mannequin and the mask, um, I just I couldn't. That was like hands like eyes behind my hands kind of scenes where I just couldn't, the, the anxiety was, oh, it was too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when they establish immediately that those are mannequins, they're static mannequins that they can't move their heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought like, even though a lot of the dialogue was not great and maybe the acting, so was not that great for a lot <laughs> of it. The way that they um, relayed information about how the house was going to work and like how, what was real and what was not and things like that. I thought that was pretty well done too. I don't know if they just had like a really good screenwriter or something who was just like, you know, doing all the little things like that. Um, but I think that's, that's kind of uh, what puts this movie over for me. Cause there were definitely some scenes or some, some dialogue and some acting and some of the plot that was like, Meh. yeah, that's yeah. all right. Like I thought, I thought the cult thing was uh, a little bit cheap. I, I like there's the people standing there in black robes. I wasn't a huge fan of that. It was, yeah. it kind of took me out of it a little bit. Yeah, it reminded me of the discarded subplot from the Halloween franchise. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it was with the the tattoo or whatever. Yeah, that's how bad I can't even remember it because it's just that bad. <laughs> I would watch a totally separate franchise based on this whole like men in men in black robes. Uh, you know, powering a, an unstoppable serial killer monster. I'm behind that, but yeah, I, it didn't belong in the Halloween series. It wasn't what John Carpenter was going for by any stretch of the imagination. No. Uh, yeah. You know what? There's a lot of things that that Halloween franchise did weird, but uh, for better or for worse, we're good. back on track. Uh, yeah. Like us. <laughs> Maybe. Back on track. Uh, yeah. Onto emails. Are the sequels worth checking out, Brandon? Uh, I think Taylor answered that unequivocally with a no. Yeah, I'm gonna say. I mean, if you're someone like me who who want who just gets curious and just sometimes just needs to know for maybe you like the lore, maybe you like the story, whatever. Sure, go ahead, but do not go in with high expectations. I beg of you, please do not. I think there's a a review by Bloody Disgusting that says, "Well, it means well, but oh man, we didn't need this." Yeah. yeah, sometimes sometimes meaning well is not enough to, to save something, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at you, Zoolander 2. <laughs> Rob Burgundy, Anchorman 2. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many. There's so many of those 15-year-later sequels. You're like, oh, I, like, I understand that you were trying to, like, abate this, like, fandom, but, like, oh, man, you didn't really give it that much of a shit, did you? Yeah. <laughs> What I love too is when people say it's not a reboot, it's a sequel. I'm like, it's the same thing, okay? Like, if you take a dormant franchise for the last 15 years and decide to like bring it back, it doesn't matter if you have old actors or new, it's pretty much a reboot. Oh, now I'm talking about Rings. Yep. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm really mad that, at Rings because it killed the Friday the 13th reboot. So, yeah. And it, and it ripped off Don't Breathe. <sighs> because, you know, that movie Badly. Was, wasn't offensive enough. Right. Uh, 
Reed says Alex is the fucking worst. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> yeah, a lot he, of them are. I think he's designed to be the worst, though. Yeah. And, but but that's that's a really it's a really sticky thing because that's also like Alex is supposed to be the only thing that keeps the viewer engaged as well. Yeah, I mean he's the one and that's like, kind of like keeping it going, right? So yeah, but he's <laughs> such shit that it's yeah. like I fucking hate this dude, but I have to continue caring about this dude. The the only thing that he's really thinking about is making money off of this place. Like he really doesn't give a shit. As like when their mics go out, when the night actually starts, their their walkie talkies go out. He's like, nah, we'll make it work. Like, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that's not how safety works in these types of situations. Please. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing is too is like not a lot of these characters are very redeemable either, but. I think just Alex, like, when you find out that he knows about the house and he was still like, yeah, let's go on with this. Like, that's when I was like, Alex, you fucking prick. Like, get, mm-hmm. get bent. <laughs> Anyways. Um, cool. Uh, best line in this movie. Do you have a favorite line at all? Uh, did I write anything down? I, there weren't a ton of great ones that I can remember. I rem- uh, I wrote down... In the first 15 minutes of the movie, one of the characters says, this is a bad idea. And I wrote that down. Um, I think uh, Alex at one point has a line that says, because uh, they're all freaking out about all the shit in the basement, like with the uh, pentagrams and everything. And he's like, half the work's done for us. I don't know what everyone's freaking out about. Mm-hmm. And that made me go, yeah, I mean, he's kind of yeah. a good point. <laughs> all except, like, even when they go down to the basement and see the pentagram and all the upside down crosses and everything, they're like, this is fucked up. We should leave. And I was like, no, it's already set up. This is like part of the aesthetic. This is great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you already yeah, have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I think, other than that, the only other thing uh, or other line in the movie, and it wasn't really a line, but when they're. I think at some point there's three of them in the basement running away from the mannequin and they come up to the black curtain and one of them goes one, two, three, and then opens the curtain. And that just seemed like such a real moment because that is a hundred percent what real people would do in that situation. Yeah. yeah. I think mine would be uh, where Paul's doing his kind of confessional to the camera. And then that, you know what we think is sarah walks into the room behind him and just stands there and breathes for a bit because it's obviously not sarah it's that girl mm-hmm. and then leaves and he goes that was weird I'm like, wait, <laughs> yeah. wait if any if anything happened like that to a normal fucking person that wasn't a bro flake incel we uh, <laughs> would have fucking freaked out and left that nobody has the common sense to even freak out for a second and leave yeah. Even when fucking they play the trick where 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 Paul thinks that a trick is being played from him, that the fucking clown is standing there looking down the stairs and then turns and looks at him, like he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He, it's just like you guys are fucking with me, and he doesn't go beyond that. Yeah, and it's like none of these people are real people, dude. No, bro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There was this like. I didn't really have any one specific line, but just like anything out of fucking Alex's mouth was pissing me off. But then, like in yep. a way where I was like, "Oh, this is intentional." Like obviously you're meant to hate him, but I think it was just doing a great job of. With, yeah. Like, whenever he spoke, I was just like, "Eh, fuck you, Alex." <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty much. I give a shit, you know. Yeah. So, 
that that was probably it even though it's like it's not really one line but it's just more like his dialogue was really working in terms of like just making him like the, the worst piece of shit so. mm-hmm. i mean i don't know if that's just a thing because i have watched my fair share of shitty found footage films a lot of the main characters in found footage are assholes like it's almost like yeah. the movie letting you be okay with them dying because you know that they're gonna die and i don't know if that's just a trend that i've seen with some found footage films specifically but like sometimes you just get used to hating the main characters and then you're just like all right cool they're dead i'm all right with that and like especially in a movie like this where at least for me um the the camera lingering on certain things while you're waiting for them to happen or the the character who has the camera swinging it wildly around as they're running from the mannequin like that's the shit that really gets me Mm -hmm. Uh, and then maybe just distracts me from everything else (laughs) yeah so uh let's see best performance in this movie do you have a favorite performance at all I, i don't really know if i wrote down a specific actor for this one yeah uh no i don't really yeah i don't really have any favorites in this one i didn't particularly and it's not because there's like bad performances but they all like i was saying earlier with this movie it feels very one note in a way in a way Mm -hmm. where like everything's just kind of like it's not like anything's bad it's just coasting on by and it's not like again like it's bad but it's just like it's all serviceable it's same for for the performances they're all serviceable but none are standing out like oh this was a great performance so Mm -hmm. you know it's it's just inherently part of the movie so it's yeah i i think that's a fair assessment i think the actors and the acting was not um what makes me like this movie for sure yeah it's not why you go into this movie that's for sure no um cool uh uh best kill do you have a favorite kill in this movie uh it's not i I guess it's not well i would say it is the death scene but paul uh that's yeah yeah i broke down paul as well i thought that was probably the most effective one in the movie Um, because i don't like the i don't like the camera bludgeoning at the end yeah. No, it's a little it's a little cliche almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's then, like the yeah. worst thing in the world, but it's not like yeah. again, it just wasn't it wasn't as effective. No. As far as being creepy or scary or anything, it just like we kind of expected out of Paul as soon as he reappears. Yeah. He's not Paul when he comes back. He is obviously an entity of the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again it comes back to it's serviceable. It's not Nothing's. It's not ele- ever elevated above serviceable. It's good, but that's really as good as it gets in a lot of cases. Yeah. In this movie. yeah. Honestly, yeah, they they could have pushed this movie with the the actual kills and the, in my opinion, the gore. Like yeah. they, I really, I really like the the build up to this idea of okay, something has happened in the basement and we we haven't seen what it is yet, and all of this footage that we're watching is leading up to it. Yeah. But then nothing kind of really happens in the basement, no. if I'm being honest. Like, some a creepy dude shows up, and it looks like they're, like, cult people or Satanists or whatever they're supposed to implied to be. Mm-hmm. But then there's, like, you see the blood in the pictures that one of the, like, there's some pictures they show in the early part of the movie that mm-hmm. one dude, one smart dude who saw and didn't go into the basement was, like, he got out of there when he saw the blood and was, like, nah, fuck that. 
Yeah. But then you don't actually, I, I don't know. I feel like there wasn't a payoff for that. I thought, I, I was kind of hoping there would be more bloody parts to it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I would too, too much happened off screen. Yeah. I would actually also throw Melissa's death because she gets pulled into the, like, it's really quick and it, you have to kind of really focus on it. But, like, she gets pulled into the hellhole. She's the only yeah. one. It explodes up and then you see her get pulled in. Yeah. And I, that's the secondarily one that I would give because I, I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Dumbest decision. I mean, there's a lot of them in this movie. Just <laughs> being there is pretty dumb, I guess. I Alex's existence. Yeah. I don't even know how the fuck he got to that age because he's such a fucking idiot. <laughs> Well, it sounds like he's living a pretty coddled life in New York before this, so. Yeah, I guess I mean, so. The fact that he says, I heard this place was haunted, but I didn't think it was a big deal. Like, that is literally dumb decision 101. Like, oh yeah, yeah I heard this was going to probably be the end of our lives, but you know what? Fuck it. I thought it'd be okay. Like, no, it's not. You you made a terrible decision. You should feel bad. Uh, everything about you was awful. Yeah. <laughs> See, but that's kind of one of those decisions that sometimes I feel like you is only you only know it's a bad decision when you know you're in a horror movie as opposed to in real life. Yeah. Like in real life, if I was a haunted house person and I heard of a property that is claimed to be haunted, I'd be like, fuck, yes, we are going there. This is our haunted house. Like True. that seems like is good for business, you know? True. It's just when it gets to the point of actual weird fucked up things happening, then that's where Alex is like. Not the best. Not the best, maybe. No. No, not quite. Um, I also thought it was a little dumb that the reporter at the end of the video didn't think to watch all of the footage before she went <laughs> to the creepy house. Like, you'd think you'd want, as a reporter, as a journalist, you know, you'd think you'd want as much information as possible before you go into that place. But apparently, no. Apparently, the most important part, you can just skip and then no big deal. That... Put, putting down the camera scene where it's just like the camera's on the desk and then you you should go to the thing. It was, oh, it's boarded up. Is that the only thing stopping? Yeah, that, that was... The stupidest conversation ever. <laughs> yeah. so, so fucking transparent. Like, it, yeah. it's, it's maddening. It's absolutely maddening. Yeah. And it's like, oh, is this how you're going to get to extend your third act? Like, yep. holy fuck. Like, these, none of these people are real people. None no. of them are. No. Yeah, and it, it it's almost like they kind of they wanted to throw in one last hook for some reason. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. Oh, you know what? Let's make instead of just killing her with the camera at the end of the movie, we'll have her come back and be possessed and like, you know, it's it's one of those things. No, for sure. Yeah. And then like and and Mitchell is like editing every like him discovering the extra footage after the fact, after that they leave on a bullheaded mission to go fucking continue this interview with Sarah is mm -hmm. fucking ridiculous. It's mm -hmm. so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And oh, then yeah. like, they ignore his call in the house. And it's just like, all of it is just a catalyst of bullshit. It really is. Um, any found footage film that is like, you know, like found footage film most of the time, it's just like, this is the footage. It's unaltered. This We're just going to show it to you. Like, yep. that makes sense to me. If you have a found footage film where someone has gone in and been like, I edited all of this creepy footage together, that's where you kind of lose... Like, I don't think a real person would do that. They would no. just throw stuff up. They wouldn't get in there with, like, movie things, right? Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> Let me put in some uh, 
you know, tra- transparencies here. Let's do some questions. <laughs> like, no, like you would just be like, unedited raw footage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can kind of, t- I think most of the time for, in a found footage film, if, if the hook is that, you know, the found footage was edited at some point, it's probably not going to be a found, a great uh, movie. No, probably not. Uh, with that said, I think it's time to give this a rating. Uh, what's, what are you giving this a score of? Taylor will um, I mean, this one's tough because I obviously have a bias. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and in, if you compare it to other found footage films, I think the score would be a lot higher. But for this one, I'm going to go with a six. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I, I like it because I have a soft spot for found footage. And I honestly think that this movie does do some things really well. Mm. Um, but if it had... If it wasn't edited as well, if the scares weren't quite as on point, I, I don't think there that this movie really has too much else going yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah, that. I'm going to go with a six as well. Ooh. I just, uh, I, I'm like a six, six and a half, because like, there there are some incredibly effective scares in this one. That, that main clown uh, mannequin is oh. fucking oh. creepy as all hell. Um. And I do like the big idea of this guy building a hotel as a gateway to hell. Like, I think that's a very big idea, an interesting idea that I wish, you know, from what I'm hearing, got fleshed out better in in in, in sequels. Because I think the second one, the second one's called Hotel Abaddon or something like that. And the third one is Lake of Fire, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, but... The characters are just so fucking stupid in this movie, and some of the execute like the movie looks like it was made for thirty five bucks, and they do the best <laughs> they can yeah. with that. Um, but yeah, some of these characters and and, and their dialogue is so fucking bad yeah. um, that it, it's it's the human aspect of it's hard to keep motivated in this movie. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, this movie's just. You know what? It's not the worst. It's not anywhere close to good. I'm actually higher than you guys. I'm surprised. I thought it would be lower. But going for a seven, I feel. Yeah, I'm a seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could. I see. I could flip flop between a six and a seven, but I I went with a six because I was worried that my found footage bias was. Uh, <laughs> You're stunting yourself a bit. Yeah. Look, I'm trying to recognize where uh, my tastes lie, and sometimes they don't always lie with the best genres. I mean, this one, this wasn't, this one, this is not the high end uh, of found footage. For me, Cloverfield's like one of the high end. Oh, I love Cloverfield. I fucking adore that movie so much. Yeah. But that's, that's big budget found footage. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, but this one isn't at, this one isn't at, as low on the totem for me as like um, uh, the, the recent Blair Witch. Oh, that was so Oh, yeah. That, that's. Mm. And I'm such a fan of Blair Witch too. I was yeah. really holding that hope. Oh, I I love the I I love Wingard. I love Adam Wingard, and I was like so fucking upset with what him and Simon Barrett did to that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing is too is like I always like Creep, Creep and Creep Two. And oh then- yeah, yeah. I for- I forgot about Creep. Yeah, we'll- those 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 are the high bar though. That's yeah. That's the bar. I mean. One of these days we'll get Creed three and it'll be perfect and it'll be the greatest movie ever. And we should get Patrick Bryce for that episode. We should just reach out to him. We should. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Steve, 
where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Steve Dead. Uh, my website is stevestabbing.ca, and I'm on uh, the shift with Drax Nationwide across Canada Thursdays at 11 p.m. Pacific time, and then I'm also on uh, 6:30 Chad on the Jalen Nye Show. The last Friday of every month, I've been giving your guide to self-isolation if people are still doing that. I just kind of what to watch over the month. And uh, also on Letterboxd, I, tr- I, I, you know, I've been moving, so I, I took a, a kind of an extended break off of reviewing everything. But I have kept a list of everything I watched, so there is still so oh, I'm reviewing that is uh, stuff that I watched just within quarantine. Nice. Um yeah and uh taylor where can people find you on the internet there uh pretty much just social media instagram and twitter my username is cersianic can i plug my only fans um (laughs) hey you know what uh you know you know a little little explicit but you know what i i can support it you know what it's a lot of a lot of butt shots i i call it uh peachsteve.com i thought it was just gonna be a bunch of beard (laughs) asmr (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's, true. that's true that's the other side of it that's oh, the okay. other side. But, okay. uh, it's me and porn stars we we run the site and uh mm, okay yeah that's yeah cool. uh, paul is our number one uh subscriber oh okay paul yep yeah, yeah i can yeah. see that Checks out, right checks out yeah <laughs> dude bro i will definitely subscribe to that uh sure. <laughs> i mean if your rates are reasonable at least yeah, yeah exactly. they're pretty. I get I get deals for friends. So, um, ah, okay, oh, okay. perfect. No. Well, if you want some beer day ASMR, go find uh, Steve on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I'm over on Twitter, film critic. I'm also on Letterbox, Fatal Koala, and then I'm over at Three Cleaners. We're we just we're just doing weird and wild stuff, but it ends up being a lot of fun for you and for me. So, <laughs> until next time, everyone. Bye for now.